0: You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. as everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommying While Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jaffrey,
1: And this is Zeba Hassan. I feel like our Um, episode last week caused quite a lot of (laughs) controversy, conversation. So I feel like we're on the conversation. We're we're on the right path. So let's talk about a little bit about your week, because I know this was such a personal story for you. How did you react to some of the commentary, conversation? How do people kind of uh, like have that conversation with what actually is going on with you on a personal note?
0: Well, interestingly enough, the people who like intimately know, I have a huge extended family, as you know, not one said a word, not one reached out because anytime I've been public about the situation, initially in the very beginning I was and in a very dramatic, not so mature way, <laughs> um, those family members were contacting me and letting me know like, hey, this is not cool, but, like radio silence from them. This week and other people that like you know learned something new about me for the first time who people who have known me for a while or known of me, um, they learned something new and they reached out and they said you know props to you for owning your your part in it and um, sharing something so personal so that was. Um, That was really nice. But you know, I have to say that in the hubbub of the first week of school on my side, because my two oldest (laughs) are starting school, I really didn't even have time to respond to some of these messages. So I will get to all of them. I promise, inshallah, please give me uh, a little bit of time. And by the end of the week, I'll reach out to everybody else who mostly is just sending hugs and sending the on my way. So jazakallah khair for all of that.
1: But you mentioned school, your oldest started high school. So I know that's been a little bit of a a fear for you on some level. So how has that been going for you?
0: Um, So far, the first week has been going okay. I think um, already in our district... There was like an unidentified person, like on a campus and like police had to be called and it was like a situation person was armed. So I'm freaking out a little bit and ordering my Kevlar sweatsh- uh, sweatshirt <laughs> for my son to wear and he has to wear it at all times, even though it's like 103 degrees here, Yeah, um, which is cool. And then, um, of course, it's uh, kind of like a trauma seal kit where if there's Mm -hmm. an open wound or bleeding, it will stop the bleeding or a chest seal if somebody's shot in the chest so that he can at least help somebody or if he has to help himself. So those are a couple of things that, you know, I'm literally arming my kid with because it's America, you know.
1: That's so that's actually really funny that you're mentioning that because, you know, um, we did our last, um, our last, our final um, intact family vacation yes. um, and we actually went to Boston and in the middle of the night, um, I know woo, go Boston. Um, we're going to introduce, we're going to introduce our guest in a little bit and, but I'm so excited. She's excited because Boston is definitely one of our favorite cities as well. And, but this is a scary thing. We were in the hotel and normally we always get like a suite, you know, with, yeah. with family problems, connecting. a suite and a connecting room but this particular um, day they it was a full house so they didn't have a connected room but they did have a room next door you know my oldest is now 18 and my daughter is 16 so i was like they're mature enough they can be next door i trust them except this time we were literally woken up in the middle of the night at 12:30 with alarms blaring with a person ca- calling through the speaker this is not a drill, you need to evacuate the premises as soon as possible. My son calls me and this and I'm only sharing this story because of what you're what you just brought up with your son and the Kevlar vest. And he calls me whispering, Mom, there are people outside do not go outside. I'm like, honey, we need to leave the premises. He says, no, he's whispering, he's scared, he's this and that. So this is where the generational trauma of these types of circumstances come in. My husband and I immediately think bombing, we need to get out of this building ASAP. Sure. Whereas my son and my daughter were like, no, we have to hide because it's probably a shooting. Yeah. And we didn't connect the the dots for this until we we literally had to. I was barefoot, braless, um, and had to run down twenty all your
0: bedtime glory. Oh my goodness! Oh,
1: uh, 21 flights of stairs um, with my kids in the middle of the night, not knowing what was going on. Eventually they cleared us to go back upstairs. Alhamdulillah, everything and ultimately ended up working out. But this did create um, a, a conversation with our families because I realize we talk about a lot of things, but like this type of um, crisis control, we didn't really talk about like what to do in in a circumstance like this. But I have to say, I was so proud of my older two kids, because I was looking for a wallet, I was like discombobulated. They literally grabbed their younger siblings and ran and they're like, we will meet you downstairs. Um, But it started the conversation. My husband and I have a lot of stress where it comes to these types of things. And, you know, September 11th is always on the forefront of our mind, but our children only think about shootings and pulling alarms for shootings. And they're like, mom, they teach us that they pull alarms so they can pull, bring people out and they can kill people and shoot more people. Oh and, shoot more people. and so this, and, you know, unfortunately um, in Virginia schools, as you know, and colleges the, with the Virginia tech shooting just a couple of years ago, my son was like, you know, this is a real concern for us. And so it's, we really had to start talking about what to do in the circumstance, where to go, how to contact us. But it's funny that you're buying a Kevlar vest because I was looking for Kevlar um, backpacks and it's a sad reality of our yeah. life right now. Um, did not mean to make this a soapbox moment, but unfortunately it was something similar for both of us. And of us, you yeah. know, maybe we will share the links on our Facebook page yeah. about those. The sweatshirt's Kevlar pretty cool. You can
0: basically, short of a back. rocket launcher, not break through the Kevlar in the sweatshirt. And I like that it has a hoodie. So their heads are protected too, right? So.
1: Oh, my God. So we'll be sharing those links. It's a little bit off <laughs> um, off market, but we're going to be sharing those links a little bit later today. But, you know, we're kind of hoping that you've enjoyed Uzma's um, frank revelations to us last week um, during this Muslims of Severed Tides of Kinship series. We have an amazing guest with us today, Farheen Reza Abbas, who is now literally a third time guest on our podcast. We forgot her crown because I believe she probably has won the crown of the most um, popular guests in our series. She is a mama of four, the host of the Authentic and Unfiltered podcast, Real Talk with Farheen on Radio Caravan. Um, She is featured in Voyage Dallas, Dallas Morning News, People Magazine. Farheen raises awareness on issues um, that are important to women, family, and honestly, living your best life. She is amazingly energetic and compassionate and let's be honest not afraid to cover topics that are considered taboo which is why we're bringing her on this series today welcome farheen and um assalamualaikum as-salamu wa well, alaikum
2: for guys. um thank you thank you yeah where's my crown i, should, I, ha- I have a crown i know we we'll oh, virtual crown. <laughs> <We'll>,
1: like, <laughs> a, <little laughs> a virtual <laughs> crown we'll put it on yeah and post on post
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if um <clears throat> And in, in past appearances, if we used to ask this question or if you answered this question for us, but you know, in case audience members are listening to you for the first time, um, sure. tell us what you're comfortable sharing about your kids, your mommying journey and your mommying philosophy.
2: Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you've asked me before. So this is a very familiar question. Easy. Perfect. Um, okay. yeah, easy peasy. Um, I'm a mother to four boys. So boy, mom kept trying for those girls did not happen <laughs> gave up and i like you know what my girls are in some other people's houses right now yes yeah, they're, and gonna, and be
1: day. Day. they're gonna be there 20 years either one day yeah,
2: like, they'll come to me and then i have a one-year-old you guys remember my whole like i got pregnant yes. i had a miscarriage had a, got pregnant that little man is busy he is mm-hmm. busy he's the busiest child i've had today and i think it's because i'm I older too. and i'm like yeah. my back every day i'm like my back my back <laughs> I'm, I'm also my back, my back. I'm the one Welcome in the of. Like, I'm the one in the musjid Like, if I sit on a chair, will people think I'm pregnant or not? I'm just gonna sit on a chair because oh, I'm yeah. gonna sit in the corner. I'm, I'm the one looking for the wall. I'm like, can I get a wall? So I can like lean back, somewhere. lean exactly. <laughs> so, um, he's kept me really busy this past year. Um, pandemic was the pandemic, so we kind of, you know, my dad was really sick last year, so that that kind of put my podcast on complete hiatus for now, and then. Sure at that time I was expecting that my dad got better alhamdulillah but then it was just um then my fam. I think because of my dad's sickness he just decided that I'm gonna move closer to my kids <laughs> so Aww. my entire family moved here to Dallas so they're all here Aww. now oh mashallah Aww. that's amazing. my sister lives across the street I'm not joking like my sister's like right there like I can just walk to her it's, everybody so loves funny. Raymond on steroids
1: I love basically, it basically <laughs> My my parents live, but in it's, everyone yeah, it it's everyone loves Farheen, that's
2: what it is. Everyone loves Farheen. And you know, people ask me, they're like, "How did you get them to move here?" I was like, "I never asked. <laughs> they just decided themselves." <laughs>
0: that's very cool that's very cool
2: so how does then, that relate
0: to your momming philosophy or like assist your momming philosophy you not know, having your family uh, so close
2: yeah yeah no no I, and we got so used to living um alone like me and my husband and our kids for so many years for uh, 10 plus years away from everyone fa- and family because we moved out of boston about 11 years ago at this point mm-hmm. so it's like we've been used to just our nuclear little family and now we have more family which is nice but it's, you know it has its pros and cons you know my mom is my mom. So even this morning, she's like, so what are you doing at 11 o'clock? What do you mean? Is it a job interview? I was like, no, no, no. I, I'm doing something, mom. <laughs> she's yeah. like, yeah. okay, what? Tell me, what are you doing? I was like, I'm almost 40. Can you stop? Now? <laughs> can you stop now? <laughs> that never ends. That so never it, ends. it does add, but, but the one positive I will say is like my kids now have their cousins around them. So that, yeah. I grew up with that. So I, I know how beneficial and how fun that can be that even if no one else is around, you can just a bunch of cousins, toss them together, toss a pizza at them, and there you
0: go. let's just segue into like your family background so that people know sure. like kind of like what your ethno cultural heritage is so because it's sure. for those who aren't going to tune into the video
2: so my, my dad's pure Pakistani like born and raised Pakistani Karachi guy and then my mom was born and raised in India so I'm the walking talking peace treaty inshallah <laughs> partition <laughs> and there was no partition between them yeah it's me and my siblings <laughs> So, um, Definitely. so it's basically, but standard, you know, Muslim family from Ind- Indo-Pak, Indo-Pak is the best way to put it. Um, we grew up in, uh, mostly in New York, part of it, uh, well, the good beginning part of it in New York, where we have a lot of family. And I mean, like I have, uh, my dad's five brothers and three of his five sisters live in, oh, in uh, New York, New Jersey, like the Northeast area. So we grew up with a lot of cousins. A lot of families, and, uh, yeah, and and that's why the topic of the day. Um, <laughs> I don't actually talk to most of them anymore, because oh, even though listen. I just said you know having cousins is great, but sometimes yeah. when your um, your uncles and your aunts become your bullies, then you're like, well, you know, maybe it's not so great. So, ex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the you know, let's let's just end that. <laughs> let's just keep them on the side. Besides, like ease phone calls, or like if something happens, like oh, God forbid something happens, forbid. an accident or something like that. I really don't call them, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'm, I'm more about now texting them, and then I screen their calls. Like for many of them, my phone. And they'll probably hear this, and I don't care at this point. <laughs> many of them are on this app I have that basically, if they call me, go straight to voicemail. <laughs> i was like, don't me. I'll get to
1: you later. So let's talk. Let's let's talk a little bit about that because you know, like Uzma shared um, her her journey into into. Um, cutting off ties and yeah. and the reasons why she did it. Um, do you mind telling us um, a little bit about you? You mentioned your your aunts and uncles were possibly bullies, mm-hmm. um, or or probably invading your your emotional space. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit about what what was going on? <laughs> and when I was um, younger and, and I still am, sat. I
2: was the more, um, the, the plump one in my family. I had, there was always more to love for him. So I was the, the <laughs> chunky monkey and I was, and, and it's funny because my entire family, for some reason, it was only me because everyone else, even like my mom, dad, my dad's brothers, their wives, um, my dad's sisters, their husband, everyone was like, you know, a, a standard cut shape. And I was the, the fat mm-hmm. one. So, um, I would get made fun of for being fat, and I'm and I'm and I. The earliest memory I can remember of being made fun of for being fat is like nine, ten, and these were coming mm-hmm. from my uncles, like my dad's younger brothers. Would be like, oh, oh no! Farhin came into the room; the room is shaking. Oh Imagine gosh. that as a nine, ten-year-old walking into a room. And you're like, uh, okay. Uh-huh. Or if you were, if I was, if we were having food, let's say family gathering, everyone has food laid out on the table. Um, they're like, oh, oh, careful. Love. Get, it, get to it before Farheen gets to it, because then there'll be mm-hmm. none left. Or if we were as cousins trying to go out somewhere or, um, and you know how parents' behavior goes on to your kids. So then some of that behavior went into my uh, cousins as well, cousins. where mm-hmm. if we uh, were to go out or get into a car and, you know, the New York life, so you'd stuff into a car and everyone goes to go, yeah. get, you know, get like gyros or like, halal meat or something. And so I would get near the car and they're like, well, no, there's not enough room for you. Uh, you won't fit or two more can go if you stay. So it's like, mm-hmm. so it was It was so constant over the years, but um, I kind of put up with it. Uh, and because I, it was, we were always taught, you know, they're your elders, you have to respect them no matter what. They're, they're meant, they're, you know, and and the, um, of course, parents taught in the Islamic angle, like you always have to listen and you always have to be kind and nice. And, you know, they're just joking. They're not serious, whatever. And I took it up until, and you'll be surprised, it's just up until, 2018 and that's not so recent because in 2018 um i went up to new york for my cousin's wedding and i went alone because my husband was like you know there's no point taking young kids to the wedding they get bored and you know you have great boys boys hate. they hate they weddings more than anything anything they're like give us work to do we don't so my husband's like you know what (laughs) instead of all of us traveling to new york for your family's wedding why don't you go alone have a blast, you know, stay with your family. And my family was going, everyone's going. So like, have a blast, go, go crazy. Don't worry about the kids. I'm going to take the weekend off and stay here. I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, bet done. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. And so, um, I went to this wedding really like hyped up, happy. Like, you know, there's no baby bags, no strollers, nothing, just me, my Mm -hmm. suitcase and I, and you know, going to New York, you know, no holds barred. Let's go have fun. So we're at the wedding. And then my uncle, who at that point I hadn't seen in about I want to say two years at that time. And he comes up to me and my other, my cousin is standing next to me and she's one of those, you know, blessed skinny minis. Like she'll pop babies out and just go right back. Uh-huh. <laughs> so me and my cousin were talking and then he walks up to us and she had one of her uh, kids in her arms. And then, um, he comes up and he's like, Hey, for you know, um, look at her. She get, he pops babies out and gets skinnier and you're not even pregnant and you get fatter and fatter. And I was just like, mm, in the middle of this really enjoyable wedding. And the funny thing, uh, the precursor to this is the, the wedding was more fun for me because the the girl, of course, my cousin, but the guy she was marrying, he was from Dallas. So all the people I knew from oh, here were there too. So it was cool. like a fun wedding for me all around. Like I know both sides. I'm having fun. This is the best thing ever. No kids, no one bothering me. I can eat and do whatever. So I'm, having, I'm on this high. And then it just brought me down like here. But then yeah. I was like... No, in my head, I was like, no, 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 no more, no more. This is it. And I basically said to him, I was like, uncle, you know when people see each other after a while, they say salam, they say, how are you doing? How's your husband doing? How are your kids? You know, how's life treating you before we start the jokes? So let me just say salam to you and I'll talk to you later. And I walked away <laughs> and he gave me this look like, and then of course he complained to my dad and my, and I told my parents, I, I like went to my parents. I was like, look, all these years I've put up with it, no more. I'm no. telling you, this is what I said to him. I was not rude. I was not but the I, I was, I was, very straightforward, very frank and everyone listened. And I walked away because it's someone else's wedding. I don't want to cause, cause a scene either. Right. And my dad was like, you did the right thing. And I was like, oh, nice. But, but that was like the start of like putting foot down. Like, no, nope, nope. you <laughs> cannot say that to me anymore. I am an accomplished young woman. I'm a mom. I'm a boss lady in my house and everywhere else. And I am, you know, very well liked in Dallas and no one cares here what I weigh or look like or anything. I have people who are friends just because they want to be my friends. Oh, oh my goodness. Newsflash. So it it was, but that, I mean, 2018 is so recent. It seems like, oh, you would have done this years ago, Fahim. I should have, but okay, no. Okay.
0: So you did mention earlier, um, like the Islamic angle that your parents worked and said, oh, you know, these are like. Uh, elders and you have to behave this way and that way. And can you kind of touch on that for those of our audience members who don't really understand why family is so important, kind of like what the hierarchy, the social hierarchy may be in our um, subcultures in Islam?
2: Well, when you, when you learn and read more about Islam, you learn like, Hey, wait a minute, Islam actually doesn't say that, but because traditions kind of get filtered into most religions out there, you do see that um, just by default, I mean, yes, there's, you know, the Quranic ayat that, you know, if your parent asks you to do something, you can't even say, oof, but like people just use a part of that ayat. I mean, if your, yes. your parents said to go, you know, kick a dog, I'm pretty sure if you don't you're kick the dog, to do that. <laughs> you're not supposed <laughs> to do that. So it's like people just use that one literal translation and just, you know, go all, all. and then, and then it, yeah. what our Indian Pakistani families do is that they just use that ayat to kind of define everyone who is elder. So everyone falls into that same ayat. And then yeah. they use that. And then adults even know that, hey, I can tell you what to do and you can't say anything. Which, you know, kind of sounds like grooming, doesn't it? <laughs> like, it does, 100%. And As, like, what we're, we're getting into, like, these like very, very tough territories. I mean, I know, like, um, I'd be sitting and my one of my uncles would, like, smack me in the back. like, like what, and, and this is a grown man. And would just be like, oh, if I smack you in the back, it's not, you don't know how to feel it, right? There's so much fat everywhere. And I was like... Are you
1: freaking kidding me
2: no 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 a lot of hits a lot of that so I'm like that's why when this 2018 Fraheen was just like no foot down done no so it's like no no you cannot touch me do not come near me (laughs) do not come near me do not come near my kids and then of course when bullies are given free reign they kind of go you know they bully you they can bully your kids so Mm -hmm. I think the mom in me was more like if these people can pick on me and and I think what in that moment what was going in my head what if my son, who at that time was 10, was standing right next to me? How would he yeah. feel that his yeah. mom is being told this and she's not saying anything back? And I was like, I don't want him to learn this like behavior. This is bad. Even though he's not there, but it's in my head. Because still, sure. mom doesn't turn off. It was like, what if my yeah. kids were there and they saw this? Or what if my husband was there and he saw this? Like, what would he do? And I was like, you know what? That I, sh- I need to step up because I don't need anyone else fighting my battles. Let me step up and say, hey, we're not going to do this. But yeah, I, I've been... Like smacked on the back, smacked on the head. Mm-hmm. Luckily never smacked on the butt. That would be a problem. That would be yeah, a that's... bigger problem. <laughs> That'd be a big but like the arm and it and like I remember my uncle, one of my uncles would like grab my arm, like on you know, the forearm and like like squish and be like, You probably don't feel it, right? And I was like, I do my arms and grown man, 10, 12 year old kids like, Oh yeah, I don't Are you kidding? That's
1: so No, anyway, yeah.
2: So that's why when when um when this topic was coming up and um, you know, uh, um Shella reached out and I was like, oh, I know this topic inside and out because <laughs> I've done this topic in my head. And it was like a lot of, you know, and but you know what the harder part was? It was that, the post of it when I had to tell my parents that, look, I'm not going to talk to them unless I absolutely need to. I'm not, I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go out and disrespect them or, you know, call them names or be like, hey, you did this to me this many years ago because they won't get it. People from a, that kind of background sometimes just don't get it, like how their actions may have affected someone. I think it takes a bigger person to be like, oh, you know what? My actions at that time really affected you negatively. I'm sorry about that. But that's yeah. a different type of person. And those are great people who actually work on themselves and get it out there. But these guys were not that. <laughs> they probably said, like, oh, I was just joking. I was being silly. Why, why are you taking things so seriously? And when five or six people in a room are saying, oh, are you taking it so seriously? Then you even wonder, like, what, I'm, am oh, I yeah. taking it too seriously? Maybe they are just being silly. So so classic gaslighting
1: our dream is coming to fruition and it's only a few months away. We've always talked about it. We always have had people come and contact us. For many women, self-care, mental health, physical fitness often take the back seat. And we decided at Mommy Well Muslim to collaborate with Moxie Living and do something about it. And guess what we're doing about it? I am inviting everybody here to join our weekend retreat. It's October 14th through the 16th, 2022. It's gonna be a, a, in an urban oasis, just minutes from DC. And our whole point is for you to rediscover your identity in your current life phase, because your mind, body, and your soul deserve it. So visit www dot dot com forward slash retreat and we will look for you there. What if anything, because obviously I'm I'm sure your kids were a little bit older during twenty eighteen and they're they're older now. How have you talked to them about one, you standing up for your you know, for yourself, um, even amongst family. And two, what kind of conversations or, or language are you giving your children to kind of describe what it is that you're you're going through?
2: Well, I told them that like, you can, because that example was a good one, because like I said, there was no bad word said, there was no tone change. It was very, very straightforward as if, and it was said with a smile. Like I was like, ah, you know when people see each other after a while. So it was said with a smile. And I was like, you know, you can sometimes, I told my kids, I was like, you know, when there's a bully situation, the best is, you know, you kind of take away their power by telling, mm-hmm. letting them know that doesn't affect me. Even if it does affect you inside, you're probably hurting mm-hmm. on the inside, but they don't need to know that you can come home and tell me, tell your dad, tell somebody, a friend, Hey man, that person's a jerk or whatever, but you don't need to let them know that because when they find out that's when they have the power. So you, as, as soon as possible, you can take that power away from them is when you know that you are getting the upper hand and that person always, and don't go at it with curse words, loud voices never work. And I learned this funnily enough, and all the arguments I've had with my husband over the years mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to laugh because I Husband's swear to great God teachers. <laughs> that man does not flinch I will be yelling screaming you know in my hormonal time or about, about to get my period and I'm like screaming blah 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 and otherwise too I get angrier faster and he's just like okay okay. and I was like mm-hmm. and it makes me rage more and I'm like he's just chill I was like, what the heck man and I was like maybe I should just take his book because it doesn't bother him and he's just like and then later on, he's like, no, it does bother me. But I'm like, "Yeah, why, why would I, you know, give you more fuel? I'm just going to let mm-hmm. you burn it out, burn out. And I was like, that makes sense. That makes perfect yeah. sense. So then I took a page from his book and said, hey, if you just, if you have a situation where you feel, you know, you have to say something, mm-hmm. say it in a, in a straightforward, polite manner. Because once you get into curse words and loud noises, then you're as equal, on equal footing mm-hmm. with the bully. And if, let's say, a teacher or someone sees, then they're like, oh, both of you were arguing. So mm-hmm. they don't know what's being said from far away. But if you're calm and collected and just you know hanging back, no physical altercation, nothing like that, then you have the power, and then you can explain to the teacher or the authority figure that hey, this is what happened. And the more calm you keep it, I was like, do um, ABCs in your head backwards. It's not easy. Oh. it's not easy. Oh,
1: it's not. I don't done, even like, think I
2: can like
0: do it. I breaths or something.
1: Not five because well, it makes you have to think. Think, yeah. It's a cognitive reframe, and Thank that's an you, amazing thing. I swear, yeah. TikTok
0: gives
2: us so much. Because
1: I'm like, Z, would take me a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because no, it wasn't my. Yeah, I
2: love that thing on TikTok where a parent was like, "You know, I can end any tantrum in five seconds," and I was like, ooh, How?" And so he went to like his kid who's having a tantrum, like, "Uh, you know, what color is this ball? Is that ball blue? Oh, is that this like distracting the mind?" And then to his older kid was like fuming he's like okay see the abc is backwards and they're like z y x they're like so so you start thinking and you're just distracted Mm -hmm. but i was like oh that's amazing that is
0: really cool that isn't it so (laughs) You know, I, th- I hope that the audience who's listening is understanding that this kind of bullying behavior happens in a lot of families. I mean, the mm-hmm. statistic that we quoted last week was up to 60% of American families have some kind of family estrangement or strained relationships or like completely have cut off ties with one or more people in their family. And, you know, I want people to recognize that even this kind of talk that we have normalized, especially in South Asian cultures like body shaming, um oh, they're just joking and stuff. We've normalized it. Mm -hmm. And that is a form of bullying behavior. And like you said, very, very intelligently and uh, with so much insight for that it takes a special kind of person to recognize that I'm an a-hole, you know, and what I'm doing is a hole behavior, you know, and they're not going to change. Right. So Mm -hmm. the fact that you were able to say it with a smile and walk away, like I have so much respect for you because I would have been like, I would have done it like with a face like this, like aggressive.
2: That would have and, like, been me. But wait. it was like, yeah. But I think also what was happening in my head was like, well, I'm here to enjoy myself. I mean, you, when do we get that? Like your husband is open, like, hey, I'm going to watch all, at that time, three kids. You go have fun with your family, you know, go shopping, go do whatever. He's like, you know, go. Because it, it, it was like, you know, he'd been really busy doing a lot of like, CME and coursework. So he was like crazy busy before and not available. And he's like, just go have fun. It's your family. Have a blast. You know, enjoy yourself. Don't, don't worry about things. So I'm like, I'm in vacation happy mode. Why are you taking my mood away, man? Why am I going to let this negative energy affect my mega positive energy? So let me cancel him out right now. Yeah. So the fact that you were so
0: polite, what then instigated him going? And like, was it complaining about you to your parents or acknowledging like, hey, she said this and it made me think that I did something wrong, possibly, hopefully.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, no, no. He, he became all like, you know, like flustered first off because it was like, Oh, she spoke back. Cause you were right. And, she, mm-hmm. and I didn't speak back in a mean way and you could not tell if anyone was watching that conversation, it would have looked like, Oh, they're just having a laugh or a giggle. And then she walked away. But um, I think it affected him to the degree that he was just like, um, he's in a burning embarrassed. raging, embarrassed, probably, hopefully, but on a burning raging hellstorm of anger. And self-hate, which he can enjoy that for himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's one of the people I've actually cut off. I'm like, this person is not good for me. And then he's he's not a good person in the sense that when my dad was sick, <clears throat> he was not the best help at that time, too. So it was adding more. It was like, okay, I don't like you as it is. Never liked you as a kid. Don't like you now. Now when my dad is like, you know, almost on kind of seem at that time, it seemed like deathbed. So it's like, sure. you know, we're pretty serious right now. So let's let's not do anything. We're, think, we're our mindset is here and you're not helping now either. So, and then I, when, when everything was good and done, I was like, I don't want to, you know, see him. Like I, I, if I see him anywhere in passing or in a family event, salam, dua, how are you? Good. And then just don't talk to me.
0: Yeah.
2: You stay there. I'm going to stay here.
0: Yeah. So I don't know, Zeba. do you think that's really cutting off ties? I feel like you're doing the bare minimum <clears throat> that you need to, to preserve your, what would you call it Zeba? Mental space.
1: Your mental space and creating your own mental boundaries. And, and, and this is what, you know, when, when I work with clients that have had similar situations like this, um, creating that personal space and boundary is actually very helpful for your own mental health. It actually models behavior for your children and allows mm-hmm. other people to see how they're going to treat you. Um, but, you know, and as far as like cutting off Ties a hundred percent, like with Usma, she know this person no longer exists in her oh, yeah. life to the capacity she wants it to be. Now it seems like you're on the trajectory for that. Do you it, feel no, it's, like it's there. you're it's, going to go there, or 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 mm-hmm. have you tried to to reconcile or create? a space no. where you can talk about your feelings? What are your thoughts about that?
2: Well, the, the one thing I did for myself, especially during pandemic and because, you know, Ibrahim being a, you know, physician was very busy and he was, you know how they saw everything on TV and I'm sure, Uzma, you know this too, like everything they saw on TV, you know, saying goodbye through FaceTime, all that. He oh, was yeah. doing all that. It. He was mm-hmm. doing all that and he was telling me before the TV was telling me. TV was telling everyone later, but I was like hearing from him every day. So he had, you know, of course, mental load on him I had this mental load of you know home suddenly virtual slash homeschooling these kids who were not listening and I was like you know what just go ahead free range yourselves no one cares anymore oh, yeah totally so what I did for myself once things kind of settled down after the vaccines and everything was I went and got a counselor I was like I need a therapist I need to talk to someone oh yeah I love therapy I'm a big advocate right. for therapy and I still see them even though everything's all good we we have like a maintenance dose like every mm-hmm. two months we we'll just talk to each other mm-hmm. like hey how's it going and um So we, uh, so I got therapy, and that helped me kind of put things into perspective because I was before therapy, I was like, oh, maybe that was just the way it was in, in the past. But then my therapist helped me realize that no, you were actually you know, mentally abused for him. You did not realize Mm -hmm. it. You were mentally. And and because we don't put so much corner on mental abuse as much as we do on physical and sexual abuse, she's like, Mm -hmm. people kind of, you know, you hear sexual abuse. You're like, oh my God, red flag. You hear, you know, physical, someone hitting someone. Oh my God, red flag. You don't hear as much. Now we are, it's better now, but you don't hear as much about mental abuse and Mm -hmm. you were mentally abused by the people you thought should be caring for you. So, Mm. That's harder. And and usually of course most abuse does happen with someone you know. But they're like, you know, because there was no physical signs of it, there was no way to for anyone to see, oh, this is hurting Fraheen. Because you would go into a room and cry and not let anyone see that. So it it became, you know, it was abuse and you need to recognize that. And then when I got that in my head that, yes, this is abuse, that's when um this is just one of my uncles I've been telling you about. I have others who've been equally bad. And, and aunts, too. And I don't, like, talk to them. At, like, they don't exist. Like you said, they don't exist in my world. Um, I, I used to be the kid when when I first got married and everything, and my mom was like, oh, you should make sure to call everyone on Eid. It's, it's right. more polite to call. I would be the one sitting with my phone, like, calling each one, not getting the best responses. And then one day I was like, no. How about you call me for Eid if you really want to be in touch with me? You know, call me. <laughs> How about that? Um, I've had family events. I've had my kids' birthdays. I've had big events. I've had, you know... Um, religious events, I don't invite them. So they don't mm. exist. In that sense, they're, uh, they're like, oh, if you had, an, and then they'll hear about it from someone else. Oh, if you invited us, we would have come. I was like, no, I don't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want you there. <laughs> uh, didn't you get the image right there? But yeah, 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 so so there are people I've definitely cut off and hence my mom's statement that your, your blood has gone. <laughs> it runs clear. There's no pigment left. And I was like, mom, you've, and because my mom, you know, went through this, being married to that family, you think they were only abusing their, her daughter? They were mm. equally mean to her, but she got used to it, and she's still kind of used to it. And I'm like, no, not doing that, no, no. And over this past uh, summer, there was uh, situations with my in laws, which I won't say too much because then my family was like, no, no, hey, don't. shut up already, <laughs> shut up already. And and that is not that probably will not be cut off, but it's being managed or handled.
0: Because and you're setting those boundaries. Yeah. Big
2: boundaries. That's what my therapist yeah. told me. She's like, you need to put boundaries. and need to stick mm-hmm. to those boundaries. That this is my boundary. I'm sorry, can't come here. You're not allowed.
0: And in our, our culture, tell me if y'all agree or disagree. Like people say, don't go to therapy or don't go to counselors because they put quote unquote ideas into your mm-hmm. head when they're mm-hmm. defining the pathology that you've experienced.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Right. And, and people say that all the time. I mean, uh, my parents thought that too. They're like, Oh, this person's giving you ideas. I was like, no, they're, they're not saying anything. They just ask me questions and it unpacks in my own head. I'm the one saying
0: to what I have and what's yes. been done to me. Like they're giving me language. I did not have to describe the pain yes. that I was being, you know, that was being inflicted upon me exactly. by this kind of behavior. And this and is I toxic in, behavior.
2: In, in the year and a half I've been doing therapy I learned that I actually my therapy sessions are better if I have a notebook and paper in front of me that I write because the word comes in my head. I have to write it down because if I'm just talking and I don't write down, it just kind of gushes out and then I forget most of it. So I have to sit there with like a pen and paper and, I, and my therapist like, OK, I, what word did you just write? Because she'll see me like writing something. She's like, what did you <laughs> write? What was that? What was what you say? And you tell me. And I don't know if this helped, but my therapist is a Muslim woman. So she understands our background, our culture. I have nothing in seeing, you know, a a non-Muslim therapist, but I feel just because of the cultural things and traditional things we're still attached to, they Mm. may not understand that. And that's not their fault. That's just who they are. But my Muslim therapist understands all of that. And then sometimes I'll, you know, when I'm trying to give a story right now, I'm keeping it very English, but I'll go into different languages and she understands the language. So it's like, I can be more free thinking, more out loud. And I found that because she is Muslim and she does understand our background and she understands our traditions, our cultures, our religion, and then she knows um, what exactly I mean when I say something about an uncle and auntie being this much effective in your life. I think that's helped kind of guide me to where I am now because she gets it. I'm like, she gets it. And she's not putting the ideas in my head because she just gets my ideas that I had in my head and she helped me bring them out. It's just very pointed questions that make you like, oh, wait. So
1: that's what that is. You were talking about therapy, you know, uh, having a Muslim therapist obviously has helped you Mm -hmm. Um, to your point, it it kind of um, creates shortcuts to conversation when you don't have to explain the cultural nuances and and things like that. So, you know, that is obviously something I would I would. Think that you would recommend to somebody going through something similar to you? What are other things or suggestions you would give to our audience that are kind of feeling like, okay, this is feeling a little bit off? I might be wanting to, you know, move forward with um, the talk, cutting the ties to this potential toxic or this toxic relationship. What are some things that you would suggest to those people that are kind of on the fence? Um, with what it is that they're, they're, they're wanting to, to do.
2: One thing that I learned in this whole journey was that I had to sit down and actually write on a piece of paper, why I like myself. And it was,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that list was very short in the beginning. It's oh. wonderfully long now because I'm like, myself. Oh. So, but when you start off with those lists and writing things down, because of all the negative things you have in your life, you may judge, your, you judge yourself harshly. You're like, oh. yeah. and we are our worst mm-hmm. critics. And then I asked um, my husband to tell me what does he like about me besides you know all the you know the fun the, that stuff. I was like, "What do That's you like?" Stuff. About me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What do you like about me?" And then his list was longer. And then I asked a, a couple of really close friends of mine. I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to be thinking about therapy and this this this. Can you tell me what you like about me?" And their list was very different. So when you see people who you know you truly have a good relationship with and ask them how they see you. You'll be like, wait a minute! I'm awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my like, god! I'm great. <laughs> like if you write, if you write your pros and cons, have to, and then write your pros and cons. It's like, hey, hey, I'm not that bad. And I saw this uh, video once on YouTube. And I'll, if I find, out, I'll send you. There was it was a, um, a sketch artist, and he sat with people and asked, and he was like, he couldn't see them, so it was like a like a curtain between, them. and he's like, describe yourself, and I'm going to draw you. And the people were just uh, like, I have stringy hair or I have very small mm. eyes. And, this. and they, they gave their own description, so he drew that. And then they had a friend or a parent or their spouse or whoever come, and the same artist drew them from their viewpoint. And the, the viewpoint from the other people was actually more accurate than what you thought yourself was. Yeah. So I was like, that was a very fascinating video. And this, this list idea is the same thing, that we because we judge ourselves so hardly, harshly. Yeah. We're harder on ourselves, but you might be surprised at how much people – see you differently and what they like about Mm -hmm. you. And you're like, Hey, wait a minute. So I'm not that bad, but yeah, Mm -hmm. but therapy, I think everyone should get therapy. Just, Mm -hmm. I recently, um, uh, talked to a really good therapist friend of mine. I was like, Hey, when do you usually recommend uh, marriage therapy? Like when do you recommend that? Like when people are at the end, because there's a lot in pandemic, a lot of relationships Mm -hmm. broke down. So we saw a lot of people in our community here, you know, not together anymore. And and we were just having conversations. She's like, I tell them like a year after they're married. Start. start before before. Like, before or before before pre, you get married. Before you get married, I've already start, like, told my counseling
1: premarital counseling, <laughs> and then they're like, "You must. need to keep going, like <laughs> yes. even if it's once
2: every six months, you go check in, check in, and, and, yeah, you, and you'll really be surprised great. at how those relationships end up lasting." Yeah. Someone's. Yeah. And I do want
0: to propose just a, or you know mention a very important caveat. I know the series is about severed ties of kinship in Islam. And the reason is because kinship is so important. The mm-hmm. the, rahim, the uh, relationships of the womb are so important. Those blood ties are so yeah. important to us because, you know, originally we come from a very tribal culture. Like that is yes. kind of the origins of Islam. And so if you didn't have a tribe, you would die, you know? So, basically, you know, that's why, like when we're bringing guests on to talk about why they had to sever this lifeline, um, there's like, it takes major things to do that. And we Mm -hmm. don't want anybody to think that we're encouraging it. We're just shedding light on why it happens because it is so common. And then the people who are cut off on both ends, there's a lot of pain that they go through. And that's kind of what we're trying to highlight. Now, certainly when you go to our social media, you're going to be seeing the importance of those ties of kinship, because we're going to have lots of posts about it. But you know, we don't want anybody listening to think that we're encouraging no, severing no. ties, but we're giving you circumstances where it might be necessary for mm-hmm. your own mental health. And so if you're not sure, like Farheen said, make your list and get the therapy because that's kind of yeah. where you start. And I completely agree getting a Muslim therapist in this situation is so important because they understand. like. You don't just stop talking to your in-laws. You don't just stop talking to your, you know, uncles and brothers and sisters. Like, we're not like that. Like, why don't you just kick them out of your house? That's not how we operate. You know, that is not how Muslims operate for us. It is an actual sin to do that. So you really need to be guiding us by the nose very carefully. And so that's why I think I agree with you The the cultural um similarity with your therapist is so critical and so important no so.
2: and then if you on a positive so note for the the topic I had a very strained relationship with my sister to the point oh. that I was like you know I we, we don't get along at all like stay away and now she lives across the street so mm-hmm. I went to therapy for that too and I was like I have the straight and we talked it out and now we have a very close relationship so because Mashallah. she's like no because you need those people in your life you you need all the and and like like you said, Silla rahimi is is something very important in Islam that you have to stay together. So to yeah. let go is like really the the a end, big, end big result for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and it absolutely. sounds like with the, with regards to your sister, she was willing to do the work with yes. you, right? And like that's said, the, a the huge person important thing. Both ends thing. has to be open. Have it, to do, can, and, yeah. and that's a huge thing. It can't just be one person. Like you're in your mom's circumstances, so she's like, oh, I'll just put up with it and deal with it. You need both parties to really be able and want to work on it in order to be able to truly move forward. So we really appreciate that you shed you shed some light on this topic. Um, obviously, it's very different story. So we're hoping um, that this helps our audience because, you know, this is one of the things that we do get DMs about. Um, and honestly, starting a lot of a conversation even within um, our mommy Mom wall Muslim group. So thank you for that. And so we're just going to segue and do something a little bit lighter. Um, okay. We're going to do rapid fire. We're going to do rapid oh. fire where Osma and I are just going to go and start like, like questioning you and you have oh. to kind of answer whatever is Hi. on the, the top of your, your head. Okay. Um, and so i mm-hmm. I'm going to get started on that a little bit, just because this is the question that I ask everybody and to kick off rapid fire. But what is a book that you currently are either reading or you would recommend somebody to read?
2: I was reading a book. Oh, where's the title? Oh, goodness. It's, <laughs> now I can't remember the title. There's a book I'm I can reading literally five. It's, like, it's like looking at me right there. I'm like, what is your name? But a book I read recently that I really liked was The The Next Person You Meet in Heaven. Oh! Remember those five people? Well, Tuesdays with Maury. Then the, the five people, people you them? meet, yeah. And then now the, the, uh, the sixth person you meet in heaven. I was like, oh, I love this book. Very so. good. Very short, easy to read. You can read in a day witness. Nice. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I know, I feel like this is kind of relevant to what we were talking about today, but you know, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 18 year old self?
1: Talk back. Talk, yes. in a nice way. Talk, back.
0: <laughs> Talk back in a nice way.
1: Yes. Speak up. I mean, like, Speak honestly, up. finding your voice and speaking up. And as long as you're respectful there, I feel like there are no... Yeah no opinions that are wrong to be, to be very blunt with you. So I love, I absolutely love that. But you know, you, you, you said that your, your sister lives across the street from you right now, right? So what was something that the two of you guys used to do together as children that you would kind of want to revisit? now as adults
2: we still kind of do it we'll like just randomly walk over to this house no not unannounced in pajamas and like you know, sideways hair and nasty and just <laughs> and just sit there and like chill we still chill yeah. so and she just had twin baby girls so I have my two Aww. pseudo daughters across yes. the street I'm like yes, yes. yes. did you guys see the video fantastic. of my surprise we totally did it. We loved it <laughs> <laughs> it was like my excited hands and like <laughs> Oh, my God. That's oh, my God. So Are they both yours? That was
0: awesome. That was awesome.
2: So, yeah. That, so, we do that. We chill. Okay.
0: Perfect. Um, where is your happy place?
2: My happy place is home. It truly is. Yeah. I think pandemic made you – because we were all in – before pandemic, like, run away, run away, run away, go out, go Always, out, things. Yeah. Now, post-pandemic, I find myself saying no to a lot of things. Like, there's events yes. happening, like mm. – I'm the one like the one like oh I don't want FOMO I want to go and then but when it's time to go I'm like eh, I don't feel like going
0: <laughs> exactly I and I we're about to get you.
2: two we're about to get two cats next two weeks in two weeks two little munchkin short legs these gonna <laughs> yes, be Zava's a cat mama. mama they're munchkins Zava. they're are munchkins so they're gonna be tiny I'm like two brothers and they're coming home uh, in two weeks so uh, I'm excited I my, they're my kids cats but they're really like
1: they're they're, they're it's, my it's, kids it's, cats. They're going to be yours. Let me tell you. That's what you guys say. They're (laughs) my kids. So I have a friend who always. (laughs) I have a friend who always walks. I'm not trying to like segue, like you know, take over this conversation, but she always walks in our neighborhood. And then she was like, "I see a stroller on your porch. Do you want to tell me something about that?" And I was like those are for my cat babies. And we go for off and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh my God, here I was thinking it would be something totally different. So I love that. But the last question, what is your most used emoji when you're texting?
2: Thumbs up. My thumbs up is my favorite emoji. It's my constant yeah. emoji. It's the first one. Yeah.
0: Like, I because t- t- I don't want to, but I'll thumbs up you when you touch me. Yeah,
2: it's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Fine. And then I think the second one is like the, not the, pr- well, the, the high five officially, but. I just found that out, by hears. the way. Yeah, yeah, they actually, they actually have like two of, of prayer <laughs> hands it's like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the, but we're like, yeah, prayers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Our prayers are like this. So yeah. open hands. So yeah. well, Farheen, thank you so much for sharing this. And I hope that it sheds light, you know, again, yeah. to those audience members who have experienced something very similar and don't have a name for it and don't have language for it. And hopefully it points them in the right direction to see what they need to do to make their relationships better, inshallah, and set those boundaries without severing any ties. But if they have to, to, again, set those boundaries in a way that serves them and serves their families, inshallah. So thank you so much. We love having you on and can't wait to see you soon.
2: Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. It was fun. It was actually therapeutic. See? (laughs) it's (laughs) all fun. It's great. We were therapists. All right.
1: It was a free therapy session. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzman, Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources
0: for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show, as well as to like it on your podcast
1: app of choice, because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy Walmuslam. as alaikum everyone.